1: Hey, Wild Country Nation, it's time for your Saturday morning wake-up call. Northwest Wild Country is on the air. Welcome to America's number one fishing, hunting, and outdoors radio show. And it's all brought to you by Waypoint Marine Group in Ballard and by Garmin Electronics. Now your Wild Country crew, Dwayne England, and your host, Joel Shangle.
2: Well, good Saturday morning and welcome to Northwest Wild Country Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. Dwayne England in studio this morning once again. Joel Shangle, the Nomad. I don't even know where the hell he's at, Steven. I have not talked to him all week and uh, maybe he'll check in, maybe he won't. I talked to him a few days ago. He's, uh, he was in Alabama. That sounds about right. Yeah, I talked I mean, to him earlier
3: and that's about where he was at. Camping that
2: familiar voice, my friends, is none other than the Tuna Dog himself, Dell Stevens, joining us in studio this week as my uh, stand-in co-host. Appreciate you making the drive. You betcha. And another uh, new face, not a new voice, new face in studio. First time, Mike Ainsworth, First Light Guide Service. Glad you could join us this morning. we got some good stuff to talk about, man.
1: Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. No problem.
2: Yeah. So Mike's here. Dell's here. I'm here. And tons of things going on. Um... Running down the show real quick here. We have um, several things to attend to. Got prize packs to give away. We got to uh, gonna announce the name of the, the winner of who's joining us next week at the Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby. That'll be happening. Uh, and uh, speaking of which, we got a good segment coming up on that. But we'll start off uh, after our first uh, rolling segment here. We're going to check in with our buddy Cody Herman. has got his thumb on the pulse of everything that's going on down there in the Columbia with the reopening for the three days here yesterday, today, and tomorrow i going to check in with Cody of uh, Day One Outdoors and kind of get an update as to how that fishery is going. It's a little lackluster, to say the least, even though nobody's been targeting those fish for a while. So, And he's got some good points to think about. If you're uh, loading up the boat today or tomorrow and heading down, uh, you may be successful or you may be gravely disappointed. We'll just have to see. But we'll check in with Cody. Uh, Mike, got you in studio. We're going to pick your brain and talk a little bit about uh, some Puget Sound lane caught opportunity with Nothing else to do in Puget Sound, but go for a lingcod and halibut at some point, some bottom fish. We're going to kind of jump into your brain there and, and break down some do's and don'ts maybe relative to lingcod. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll check in with the uh, master ceremony, the organizer, the uh, voice that is familiar with uh, all our listeners and viewers, Mark Spada, uh, as we talk about uh, Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby. Del, next week, the, uh, the 21st, uh, the Wild Country Boat's going to be on the water fishing that derby. Uh, as far as I know, as we're setting it up here, you're going to be in studio kind of running this deal and, uh, taking care I hope of our I fans. don't screw it up too bad for you. Yeah. Well, I got some help coming for you and I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll bring you in on that little secret here in a little bit, but, uh, so we'll check in with, uh, with Spada and of course, uh, Brad Wagner, another familiar voice that, uh, jumps in studio here with us from time to time. Uh, they're opening the icicle for upriver springers and that's always a, uh, a fun fishery to look forward to. And the upriver fisheries are doing pretty good. Going to talk a little bit about that. But we'll get with Brad of uh, Bobberdown Guide Service, and we're going to talk about that icicle river. Um, You know, it's not a real big area, and it can get quite a bit of pressure in a short amount of time. But there's a good reason for that. The fishing can be pretty, pretty lights out. So we'll talk about the icicle with him. Uh, Now, rolling into uh, this week's Northwest Wild 5. I got the 5. Top things you need to know about going on in the Puget Sound region, of course, throughout the Pacific Northwest, of course, the top five things you need to be aware of, and I believe probably on the minds of many would be what's going on relative to Puget Sound and Puget Sound fisheries. You Mm -hmm. know, Mike, you kind of earned part of your living there uh, throughout the course of the year. and and rely on some of those fisheries. Didn't I say silence phones before? Yeah, it wasn't mine. Yeah, it was mine. Yeah, <laughs> I can go ahead and say, hey, everybody make sure your phones are silent, but uh, just... I thought the window was open. Yeah, no, uh, you think there's a bird flying around in here anyway. <laughs> um, so this Puget Sound uh, fishery, <clears throat> excuse me, negotiations that continue. Uh, there there have been ongoing talks between the co-managers, as in WDFW and the, and the tribal uh, uh, representatives. Uh, that being said, you know, the... the Uh, planned fisheries or the proposals are going back and forth across the table. Uh, No agreement or deal has been struck thus far. I believe WDFW finally realized, hey, um, if we're going to wait for NOAA, I I think they don't believe it's going to happen in time, especially to get that June 1st opener that you guys look forward to, Mike. So uh, they're really working hard, putting in a lot of hours, trying to come to some agreement, which is good. Okay, I, I applaud that effort and would like to see it happen. I know... If we're talking specific to Puget Sound and the saltwater fisheries, there's a lot at stake here. You know, in the region-wise, 100, $100 million throughout the course of summer and fall. In the industry, naming all the reasons why, um, the, long, the list is long and a lot of folks involved. We have a handful of derbies on the Northwest Salmon Derby uh, Series that are, you know, waiting in the balance to see if those are going to be able to be pulled off. Um, and you have a lot of uh, a lot of Marines and marinas and, and persons involved in the saltwater and I get all that. You know, a lot of big boats, a lot of motors, lots of gas, lots of there's there's all that uh, tied to the Puget Sound. Uh, that being said, I think we're at a, a threshold here where part of the discussions have been uh, the ability to open the salt, but we're going to keep some of the rivers closed. Mm-hmm. And I understand the bartering that has to go back and forth. Now, if it's based on pure science and run forecasts, and and WDFW says, hey, we are going to have a problem in this drainage or this particular drainage and we really can't allow bank guys to fish this fishery i get that i mean we got to protect the fish first i've always been about conservation first and rebuild our fisheries and then allow us to have ample opportunity when opportunity presents itself Um, but if we have the co-managers coming to the table going i want this entire section of river closed or i want this river and this river closed i think they're stepping over the line yeah. to a point, okay? Uh, they manage their fisheries and their lower ends of rivers where they have hatcheries, and I understand that. And uh, they they have a right to have a say. And what I mean by that is the past several years, four or five years now, like on the lower Puyallup, and it's been now inclusive all the way up into Sumner at the highway bridge, they closed the lower seven miles of the Puyallup. You're talking about a metropolitan area with, you know, thousands, 10,000 people come out and fish, uh, on a humpy year, okay? Uh, they're closing that four days a week, um, which in part we kind of brought on ourselves with the with the fighting going on and the, you know, throwing stuff at boats and threatening the tribal guys. And they finally said enough's enough. And so you get your days, you get your days. Okay, and we've learned to live with that. And then the Nisqually's followed suit on their lower river, which they provide all the fish out of that hatchery for that Chinook program anyway, so we really don't have a stake in that fight. You should thank them for allowing us to fish, believe it or not. Uh, But now their numbers are indicating they don't want to have a fishery there either. Skokomish, not sure what's going on there other than they just want to close the entire lower river to everybody, even though the feds and the state are dumping millions upon millions of dollars into reestablishing habitat and water and all that stuff. $20 million project, which they're not paying for, but they want to close the entire lower river uh, to bank access, even on the farm side, uh, which is private property. So I'm kind of looking at this um, from, you know, 5,000 feet back going – well, if the if the Puyallup's now want to claim to close the entire Puyallup River and possibly the carbon, which they don't have any stake above the bridge. They got their lower section. It's like, how do you dictate what WDFW does with the upper watershed? Nisqually's want to close their river. Skokes say, hey, you can't have access. I, I guess my point is you have all these in, independent tribes come to the table saying we want our river closed, this river closed, this river closed. So, again, backing up, if we come to agreement. And we find ourselves fishing in Puget Sound. I really kind of bite my tongue here because the bank guys are getting left standing on on well standing at home. Yep. I mean, not everybody can afford the big boats and the luxury to go out and fish Puget Sound. Okay, um, there's a lot of folks that rely on bank opportunity. The other issue that I get very concerned about is setting precedents. We close rivers uh, next year's a humpy year specific like the Puyallup system. You don't have an opportunity for persons to take their kids fishing, families to get out and recreate and have that opportunity to fish even the upper rivers for for humpies and, and coho. God forbid, you know, hopefully they come back. Um, now, once we lose that, uh, it's been shown in, in the past, you know, it's very difficult to get those back. So, again, I applaud WDFW and, and, and Director Unsworth and staff and this ongoing negotiation. It's been a battle royale. It's not an easy task, and we're trying to find common ground here. Um, but I really, really hope that there's a means in a way that uh, if the fishery affords opportunity for bank anglers, that we find a way to make it happen. Because I don't think it's fair to, to just totally disqualify the folks that have an opportunity uh, in that regard.
3: Now, I feel pretty lucky being down in Oregon. You know, we don't have to deal with all these Indians and, and other than the Columbia River. And yep. most of the time they work together up there and, and uh, with both states on, on that. But up here, you got to lot of different tribes and, and mm-hmm. a lot of tributaries mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, man. Yeah. It's, it's
2: a, it's California. a complete and utter mess. And, uh, if, if we've proven nothing else, Mike, the system's broken, you know, we're going to have to kind of go back and fix and come up with a better way, come up with a better way to manage our fisheries, um, um, communication. Uh, we need, uh, we need, uh, more, uh, I don't know, more, more information coming across the table. You know, you need transparency. More
3: cooperation, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh, I can tell you there's a couple things not working towards our favor. One, uh, all the tribe bashing going on social media is detrimental to this entire process. You know, I, I will speak on behalf of what I feel strongly on, and, yeah, I don't agree with gill and the rivers at all, but I'm not bashing the tribes. I'm just saying, I'm not saying stop fishing. I'm just saying use alternative methods. Yeah. In today's modern society, we have the ability— to harvest fish selectively. So whether you're a, uh, a you know, non tribal gill netter or a tribal gill netter, I mean it, that Those two words shouldn't even come together. It should be a a Mm -hmm. tribal fisherman, and we should be using selective means to harvest fish, bottom line. So you won't hear me. You won't see me write things, post things up on Facebook with all the folks following about uh, bashing tribes, throwing hay bales. I mean, that crap from the 70s needs to go away. You you can't be posting stuff on social media that says, well, just shoot holes in their boats. I mean, it's not what this is about. And that type of ammunition, the tribes will uh, collectively pull together. And when this ends up in court, And I'm sure some of these issues will. It's pretty easy to go, well, you know, uh, recreational fishing fleet is nothing but a bunch of racial, motivated, you know, rednecks that have nothing better to do than bash the tribes. And if I'm on the outside looking, I'm going, yeah, you know what, you're right. We need to bite our tongue. We need to work together, join CCA, join PSA, uh, join NSIA, join groups that collectively work together for the betterment and uh, stop the doggone tribal bashing and figure this out. So anyway, there's. More to come on this, week in and week out. It's just the way it is. Uh, We're hoping to get a decision here this next week, and we'll see where it goes. All right, number two on the uh, Northwest Wild 5 Spring Chinook. The Columbia is open today. It's Mm -hmm. open yesterday and it's open tomorrow. Yep, Yep. Uh, and I mentioned in the opener we're going to talk with Cody Herman.
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by
1: law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. That's join m i d i
2: Fishery, it's not as on fire as you would think it would be when those fish haven't been uh, targeted for you know several weeks. No, there wasn't as many boats out there yesterday mm-hmm. either.
3: I'm, you know, I live right there and and crossed the river yesterday and was looking at that and yeah, and uh, there were some boats but nothing like usual.
2: No, and uh, you know it's open above Bonneville, it's open below Bonneville, and uh, it's you know got. Well, pick- they're also
3: they're also starting to catch fish in the Willamette. They are. Yeah, and, and that has lagged back, and, and um, a lot of the guys that fish Oregon City are fishing down uh, near Savage Island.
2: It's interesting in where you speak of Willamette, you speak of Mainstem, Columbia, upper, you know, Drano, um, and water temperature is already becoming a factor. You know, yeah. I was reading a report this morning sitting in the truck, you know, water temperature in a lot of our creeks and, and rivers and stuff are already warmer than mm-hmm. they should be, even though we've had a tremendous snowpack this year, so... You got these uh you got these uh marine biologists and uh you know these these uh, weather forecasters and, and everybody has their hand on the science side of this stuff. They're already concerned about how hot and dry this summer is going to be and how warm our rivers are going to get once again. We've already had 10 days in
3: Portland over 80 degrees in April. And that's a record. Yeah. For down yeah.
2: There precipitation wise Dale, even up here was the driest april on record um well let me back up it's the warmest april on record and we only achieved i believe 50 percent of the normal precipitation Mm -hmm. so we got hit like gangbusters all fall and winter long tons of you know weather tons of water lots of snowpack and uh that's all great but if it's all melted off by the end of june we're gonna be in trouble yeah you know so um as far as the the spring schnook going, you know, a Lake, they uh, upped your, so the upper, the upper fisheries is where people are focusing now because the fish are heading up. And, and uh, I think we just surpassed 100 and we're at about 103,000 mm-hmm. over Bonneville last night, uh, which is, you know, in that 10-year average of uh, middle of the run where it should be, uh, forecasters are pleased with the results. And so they're starting to uh, make uh, amendments to the, to the original uh, quotas and whatnot as far as harvest. So a Lake can keep four. You know, uh, if you want to get up there and drive around the a circle and yeah, do the Drano 500 and, yep. and with, uh, thousands of your buddies, uh, you know what, you got a chance to catch and retain four springers. Looks like miniature buoy ten. It's unbelievable. And, um, you know, the wind river's fishing on and off, both Drano and the wind are fishing on and off, but, uh, your limit has in- increased up there. Um, again, uh, the lower stretch of Columbia is open today and tomorrow to finish out the three day opener and, and, uh. Uh, fishery managers of both, Washington uh, Washington, Oregon are also looking at, they may end up opening it for the remainder of the year, you know, towards the end of May here. You may yeah. have an earlier opener than mid June. So we got to just kind of pay attention to see what happens there. Um, other than that, in that, in the, uh, the drain Lake, as far as your four adult springer retention is May 15th through June 30th. So it doesn't start to the 15th. Mm-hmm. So got that going on. Uh, the icicles opening up. We'll talk with Brad Wagner, you know, relative to springers up river, we got the icicle opening, um, they've uh, upped the retention on the Snake River to two. So again, the upper river fish, you know, they're starting to get numbers back that they're pleased with. So I uh, can look forward to that. My buddy John Albright is out there fishing the uh, the lower Clearwater this morning with several hundred. I showed you the picture, Dale. Yep. you can't believe how many boats are over there fishing springers, Mike. It's unbelievable in that lower uh, stretch of the Clearwater where it dumps into the Snake. They call it the Ponds, and everybody that's an anchor fishery. Mm-hmm. And uh, John put one in the boat this morning uh, as he usually does. Um, but man, it's hard to even imagine there's that many boats over there chasing springers that far up in the system. 465 miles. Okay. 465 miles those fish have already gone. And they're yeah. still in great shape. You what know? about
1: the lower Yakima? People target that a lot. I've never done it. I know a few people that do.
2: I haven't really ever talked to anybody that does, yeah. you know. I know they go up there. I've Yeah. I've been fishing well, where's for, Jared at? I mean, Jared's clear up a Brewster. Yeah. 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 I mean, so... I mean they do get decent numbers of fish back. There of course a lot of that is secondary to the the, the tribes planting an yeah. enormous amount of fish in that upper stretches and uh they start getting them back. So uh yeah, springer fishing continues. Um I don't know if I'll go out again to be quite honest. I got other fisheries I'm kind of focusing on and I got a I got you know four of them in the freezer. That's good enough for me. So <laughs> Anyway, uh, number three on the uh the Northwest Wild five, we got uh, trout plants. Of course, the uh, after the big sweeping opener and lots of dead trout everywhere, uh, they got to go back and restock the pond. You know, so uh, more Western Washington lakes have been had trout planted the last couple weeks here, believe it or not, and uh, fishing's still pretty doggone good. Uh, Right here in King County, Lake Meridian received over 4,200 fish. Snohomish Mm -hmm. County, several lakes are receiving between 1,500 and 3,500, with a good number of those being one-and-a-half-pound fish. I mean, we're talking some uh, good-sized plants that they're putting in. Pierce County, uh, Clear Lake, they put in uh, 5,800. Thurston County, Clear Lake, 4,800. And, uh, again, several hundred of those are one-and-a-half-pound. And, And, you know, I, I sit there at home working in the backyard watching the guys fishing. I mean, I was fortunate enough to get out yesterday morning, jumped in the boat, went out, got a quick limit of kokanee, and uh, was basically at my cleaning table while guys were launching their boats. You know, and um, it's uh, it can be that good. Mm-hmm. And, and the fish, the kokanee fishing amongst a lot of lakes, talking to folks, it's impressive this year because we had a pretty mild winter and we had a lot of water washing into the into the lakes and filling back up the lakes and reservoirs, which generate a lot of feed. And, uh, thereby these fish are growing pretty doggone fast and early for May fish. I mean, we're seeing decent sized coconut oh, yeah. and the trout, the trout fishing has been pretty fantastic as well. The lakes are warming up, but I watch all these folks. If I have any advice for guys that just want to go catch trout and they're just flatlining, get rid of the cowbell. You don't need more cowbell, baby. <laughs> I mean, it's like, get rid of the cowbell, get rid of the, all the crap on the rod, go to a kokanee rod, put a dodger out there, get a little, uh, hoochie, you know, get one of the max lure pre-made hoochies, uh, um, with a little spinner blade on there, a little smile blade. Mm-hmm. Put some corn on there or some uh, some grubs, and just flatline that sucker about a hundred feet behind your boat and troll at one mile an hour. You're going to catch all the trout that you can imagine. You're going to enjoy it a heck of a lot more than dragging a dog on, you know, cowbell or, or uh, any type of other clutter that you got going on back there. Yeah. Have you seen the pictures of the fish coming out of Wiccup Reservoir this year? Oh, they're ridiculous. Oh. Yeah, it's back again. Yeah. right it's, those it's, things are huge yeah yeah it's one of those where i sit here and go man i need to get down there but <laughs> i ain't got time for that <laughs> but you know yeah those they're they're very impressive but for trout guys man you know what there's plenty of trout out there the lakes are well stocked and uh they are uh easy to get and uh do yourself a favor enjoy the fight man lighten up the gear and uh make it that much uh, mm-hmm. more fun for yourself. Uh number 4 on the uh the Wild Northwest Wild 5, the Halibut update. Area 2 is closed. They caught too many fish too early and they shut her down out of Westport there. Um the fishing was pretty darn good if you got out to the canyon and uh, a lot of folks did. Saw lots of uh, lots of pictures social media and whatnot. A lot of fish coming out of there. Um the weather forecast for this weekend as you pointed out Dell too, you know, looking at ocean up oh, yeah. down south and up north here, very favorable for La and Nia Bay. I can't believe you're not out there with that boat. Yeah, yeah, huh? I know. I, 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 I talked to get, some
3: guys yesterday that would have defi- been fishing it, and, and uh, it's been pretty good. Yeah, They're looking forward to a nice day out there. The guys off Oregon uh, are going to be hitting it hard. Uh, last couple, t- you know, starting yesterday, I think it was right. But yep. um, you know, the kayak guys are even getting in on the action uh, yeah, down it's there. Nice and flat
2: out there. Right? Oh man, I-, I might even be able to make it. I might, you know, <laughs> might. Huh? Your boat's bigger than a kayak. Well, no, I didn't even, even my boat. Out. I just, yeah, just, you know, a little thrown-up issue. But, uh, yeah, I think you, it's— You
1: getting seasick out there on
3: the lake?
2: Uh, I'm okay on the lake. I, you know, I put the, put the patch on the air the night before. And, <laughs> oh, <that's> no, <laughs> just kidding. You Come on, man. snaps in the boat? Yeah. Some of no. the best days on the ocean are in May. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so beautiful, uh, beautiful weather this weekend. ocean is flat as can be, and um, the uh, the halibut thing is happening. There's some very nice— size fish as per usual you want to get the big ones you get out there out of the push and be a bit near bay and man that's where it's happening so quota still to be had in those particular areas of course puget sound is open as well check uh go to WDFW. check the regulations specific to your uh different ocean areas in puget sound relative to your uh rulings on halibut and uh five on the top five i don't see a phone line lit up do we we got them up huh what did Joel? is it the nomad Yeah, I'm I'm here.
5: I'm here. I'm just just hanging out. I hear that bird Ah,
2: chirping in the background. I hear that bird chirping in the background. Well, how you Uh, doing, man? I didn't. I'll uh, tell you what. Yeah,
5: if if you listen close, you can probably hear uh, you can hear the sound of uh, cicadas too. So the thing about being down here in the in the in the swamp country in the bayou, we're in uh, southern Louisiana is that this place never goes to sleep. Right. Ever, never, ever. 24 hours, it is. It is noisy. It is alive. It is, uh, it's quite the place. It really is.
2: I'm questioning your man card, though. I think you're sitting in a blind bird watching this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you would, you huh? would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would think, you so, would think so. so. So, hey, yeah. update us. Yeah. You and I, uh, we barely had a chance to, to talk this week and get stuff squared away, figured yeah. out. Uh, where exactly yeah. are you? What installment of the tour are you on? And uh, how's right. it going?
5: Super quick, super quick run through. So yeah. this is uh, week number six of a seven-week deal. We're at uh, Toledo Bend Reservoir, which is an impoundment of the Sabine River that uh, borders uh, Texas and Louisiana. It, uh, it is the number one bass fishery in the country, as voted by Bassmaster Magazine. Uh, so this, this is the best of the best of the best. And I, I just texted you a picture of, of a fish caught yesterday uh, for good reason. We've seen uh, bass doesn't keep track of exactly how many six, seven, eight, nine, ten-pounders that are caught in the tournament. They just keep kind of the total weight. Uh, I can't even I can't even begin to guess how many fish that size I've seen in the last two days. It's been an absolute gong show of big giant bass. It's super cool. It's just, it's honestly it's I mean it's it's named the best because it is the best. Toledo Bend is, is amazing.
2: What uh, what uh, poundage of bag limits are the guys bringing in daily?
5: Well, so Kevin Van Dam started day one with uh, thirty pounds. So oh. that's a that's a six pound average, yeah. And uh, he backed that up yesterday with a, with a mere twenty pounds. So hmm. so he's halfway to the century mark. But, but basically, if you're in the top, if you're in the top twelve, you're going to average five pounds of fish, which is which is un, unheard of. I mean, yeah. five pounds every fish that's that brought across the scales is just really it's it's an enormous size average. And we've seen you know, we've seen a couple of fish over ten. We saw an eleven yesterday. So it's going to take. You know, five to six to maybe even seven pounds of fish to win this thing.
2: Deep water, shallow water, uh, pre spawn, post spawn. I would imagine it's probably got all, warm all, here. all
5: of all of the above. Yeah. All of the above. So mm-hmm. Kevin, Kevin's winning on it on, on a crankbait, bait, but uh, the other guys are fishing shallow with jigs. It's it's honestly it's a little bit of everything. I mean, no matter what you try out here. It'll succeed somewhere. It's a big, giant reservoir. I mean, there's all places to go. There's all kinds of structures. There's all kinds of every potential bass fishing scenario you could possibly dream up. It exists here. So, so, so everything works here.
2: Well, fantastic. You have uh, you have today and tomorrow, and then you are uh, then you're heading where.
5: So so after this we head to the Toyota Texas Bass Classic, which is sort of kind of an all star event. It's 15 of the top guys from the FLW, 15 of the top guys from Bass. Oh they yeah, meet on on a kind of a neutral ground territory. Uh, this year it's at Lake Ray Roberts, which is north of Dallas. It's, it's a lake that I am unfamiliar with. I've never been there, never seen it. Mm-hmm. But I hear I hear giants live there too. So so that basically is kind of a one-off event. It's uh, kind of an all-star, kind of an all-star game, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, after 50 days, we, we get to come home for a while. So.
2: How about that? Huh?
5: Yeah. I know her. I know her. Right. I
3: know
2: what to do. Yeah. yeah we're he's not home, gonna. Yeah.
5: We're home. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pretty much. Absolutely. I'm going to need directions on how to get to the studio. I think
2: you are. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have check for <laughs> yeah. ID at the door. So that's right. Well, uh, enjoy your weekend down there, and uh, I don't know, maybe uh, go wet a line if you ever get an opportunity. Yeah, you we've know?
5: had a chance to. There'll be there will be photos. Okay. Be
2: photos. I'm waiting to see. Yeah. I I I sent you one of uh. uh my, yeah. <laughs> I saw my uh, I saw. my delve into the uh, into the uh, brown and green fish uh, brigade. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. playing That's with the fly rod, you just never know what you're going to get. And that one, no, smallly surprised you know, me. It was know. great. So anyway, yep. I was accused of going to the dark side shangle, but uh, don't worry. I, I saw that. I yeah, saw that. I, saw that. I saw that. I saw the Herzog post. Yeah, post- oh, yeah. Post- yeah, post- yeah. Post- I, saw I saw that. Oh yeah. Darn funny. Anyway, all right, buddy. We'll uh, take <laughs> Bye, care boy. and stay safe. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week and uh, see you yep. at home soon. All right, guys. Have a good show. All right, man. We'll see you. All right. Okay, going to jump out for a break. We come back and talk with uh, Cody Herman, Day One Outdoors, exactly what's going on with the Springer Fisher on the mainstem Columbia and a few other things, and what's going on specific to his up-and-coming uh, release of Season 3 uh, debut on the 27th. And uh, shortly thereafter, we do have a couple more of the Yakima Bait Prize Pack giveaways. They still have the ongoing special at Sport Cone OE, buy three, get one free. So we'll be uh, letting you call in for that. And the numbers you probably want to write down and pay attention to, 800-829-0950, 206-286-9595. Stephen will be taking your call. Not yet. After we get done with Cody, I'm going to announce that we're giving away a YBC price pack, and uh, we'll be calling at that time. So keep track of those numbers and or you can also text us up. Questions, comments, concerns. You got something you want to know about tuna. Want to talk about Puget Sound Fisheries with Mike. Uh, text those in. We'll read those here on the air. Four nine four five one. Okay, jumping out for a break. Come back, Cody Herman. Day one outdoors, right here. Sports Radio nine fifty KJR.
1: Northwest Wild Country on Seattle
2: Sports Radio nine fifty KJR. Welcome back, Northwest Wild Country Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. And this music, I can only summarize one thing. Our good friend who is on the phone waiting. And you know, I might just make him wait, Stephen. He wants to play crap like this. We just... <laughs> I
4: had nothing to do
2: with this. That is bull. <laughs> There's no way. How you doing, I Cody? I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> nice to hear your voice back on the show again, pal. Uh, oh, it's always great beyond, buddy. So, Cody Herman, Day went Outdoors, proper introduction for crying out loud. You've at least earned that <laughs> respect. So, uh, hey, the Columbia opened yesterday. Don't know if you heard or not. Um,
4: uh, I heard some rumors, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, uh, you and I had an interesting conversation. I mean, if i well, I do live up here. If I'm living up here, I'm thinking, well, shoot, man, Columbia's opening for three days. Nobody's been, you know, going after those fish for several weeks uh, water levels seem to be adequate to a level that I like, conducive to fishing. And, uh, man, I'm going to go down there and clean house. You know, these things should be snapping. They haven't seen anything in front of their face in a while. Should be a good time to go. Uh, and you got three days to do it, so why not get down there and chase some springers? But, you know, according to Dell, who obviously, as you do, live right down there and kind of took a look around, not a whole lot of activity, handful of boats going on. But, you know, the fishing's been kind of lackluster, I guess, for lack of a better term. There, There's not a lot of fish hitting the deck. you got to work for them. And, you know, maybe ones and twos. What's going on? How come it's just not lights out fishing?
4: Well, there's there's several factors that go into that. And uh, in my opinion, the, the main factor here is that it's water temp. Um, you know, if we had this many fish in the system that we do right now back in March and April, it, it would be... A bloodbath. It'd be incredible fishing, but the reality is, is that we're in mid-fifty-degree water, mm-hmm. and these fish have one thing on their mind: they're trying to get back up river to their spawning grounds. Well, mid-fifties is prime condition for these fish to move, and then on top of that, Bonneville blow uh, or at Bonneville Dam and downstream, the water's been dropping, and when a river drops, the fish are also encouraged to move. Mm-hmm. But right now, these fish are flying by, so it's really hard to get their attention. As they're making
2: their way upstream.
3: Yeah, hence probably why Drano has taken off so well, and and the four fish limit up there.
2: Sure, I mean you got them milling around in there and kind of holding up. Plus, those fish are heading right to that hatchery hey, that comes in there.
3: What's going on with the Willamette? I mean, normally Oregon City is stacked with boats right now, and, and the bite's feeling pretty good. Um,
4: I well, if you look at the the counts over the falls. Uh, there's there's just what. I think it was just a couple thousand fish is all that they've had, and mm-hmm. we're supposed to have seventy seven thousand. I believe it was.
2: Yeah. Oh, so yeah. there's
4: there's just a lack of fish.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it, it seems like uh, they're late coming again this year. Uh, I know a lot of the guys are fishing the Multnomah Channel, and just in the last week are are starting to pick them up on a more consistent basis.
4: Yeah, that. Yeah, one... and and that's not even necessarily a, a great bite or consistent. It, it's it's been sporadic this year.
3: Mm-hmm. If you were going to fish springers this weekend, would you go to the Columbia or would you go to the Willamette?
4: Oh, you got to go to the Columbia. Uh, you, you just do. The, we have access to the Willamette in June, July. You know, We'll have plenty of time to fish that system. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. majority of the fish are going to be in the Columbia. It's a better quality fish because a lot of those fish are heading way, way up river, so they're going to be just excellent quality meat. Yeah. But you got to go out there and try. Even exactly. though most guys are getting one, two bites a day, you got to go out there and give it a go. And, and the best way to target these fish that are moving is find hard current edges, find different water temperature breaks, like where rivers come in or, or creeks come in. You got to find a place where these fish will slow down just for a second. Mm -hmm. You know, most of these guys are looking at the water level and it is perfect right now for trolling. Well, most guys on troll or on anchor right now are fishing the spots that we do in March, April, which are those flats and on those flats, Those fish are just cooking through. Yeah. With the water temp where it's at, you have to find these hard breaks, whether it's a temperature break, a piling row, uh, a really big rock point that sticks out or a high spot. That is going to be your best spot to find a fish that will slow down and actually bite.
2: So get them to slow down and, uh, you know, find a spot, get on anchor, run some plugs, just try to keep something in front of their face as they take pause for a little bit. And uh, you might increase your chances, huh?
4: Yeah, I, I think anchor fishing, even though the water level is a bit lower, is probably going to be your best bet uh, just because these fish are moving so much. But, you know, are you going to catch fish on the troll? Absolutely. Sure. Because uh, yeah. that's a numbers game strictly. Mm-hmm. The more fish you get in front of, the better chance you're going to find a biter. And trolling downhill right now, uh, that's definitely going to be your best way to get in front of the most number of fish.
2: What uh, Fishing those edges and those current breaks and uh, those flats that you're talking about, what kind of depth are we kind of looking for, Cody? Well, uh,
4: right now with the water level where it's at, the fish will be anywhere from six feet of water to 50 feet of water. Mm-hmm. Now they could be they're spread out right now. Uh, if I was out there fishing today, I would not fish deeper than 14, 15 feet of water if I was going to sit on anchor. And the reason why is because you get on those shallower edges, you're going to find more current breaks and more ridges, and those fish should slow down. We got a nice little marine air uh, marine layer above us right now this morning. Uh, right here out of Gresham Fairview, and that should encourage these fish to go a little bit shallower. Mm-hmm. So I would probably be fishing 6 to 10 feet of water today.
3: You going to be uh, running a maglip uh, with a diver, just running a maglip straight, or how are you going to be fishing that?
4: Anytime I'm I'm in 15 feet of water or less, I'll just flatline maglips, mm-hmm. so I'll run that. Uh, you can run just right off a of lead, an M2 or a T50, you know, this time of year I'll even run some prawn spinners on anchor or just a straight size four and a half, size five, uh, multi blade out there too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Definitely got some options. Uh, Well, I mean, they got the uh, rest of today and tomorrow, and then we just kind of sit back and wait and see based on numbers. You know, we're already at the uh, the halfway point, so to speak, hundred and almost 103,000 or Bonneville, and uh, they're encouraged by the numbers upriver already. So I can foresee an earlier opener towards the end of May here as the rumblings I'm hearing um as opposed to waiting until mid June so that would be good and then guys can get going on their you know lower river pearl troll fisheries and all those things that start cranking on so looking forward to that but uh other things going on with you mister you have a uh, a show premiering i believe on the 27th is that right
4: Yes sir yep uh season 3 is going to kick off here on May 27th on Comcast SportsNet and it is going to be a 1 hour special And during that one-hour special, we do not catch one fish. And the reason why is, well, one, we didn't catch any fish that day. (laughs) There's a
2: good reason. Yeah.
4: You know, I I really want to try and impress on the viewers that this show is educational and it's not about catching fish. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of shows out there that will show you fish after fish, and that's great. Good editing. But in this episode, we're going to really dive into how to properly trailer your boat, how to anchor it what type of structure you should be looking for a lot of stuff that we just talked about here in this interview Mm -hmm. and then how to put out a really good spread to be successful while on anchor, which is going to be one of our most popular techniques going through the rest of the spring into the summer. And of course, this fall during hog lines. We even talked about how to properly anchor in a hog line. So, well, yeah. It should I be mean, some really good, important
3: information. It all that information. Yeah. yeah.
2: All that information is valuable, especially, I mean, timing wise. Obviously, you put a little thought to this and, uh, you know, persons that'll tune in and not be so worried about watching you guys land a fish, but more so either DVR or, you know, take notes to pay attention to all those things you just mentioned to, uh, to make their opportunity on the Columbia that much safer and that much uh, better, hopefully more successful, when uh, good numbers of fish do show up, they'll have uh, some education that they probably didn't have last year. So uh, I'll be tuning in just to kind of check that out. And I, I think it's uh, underestimated as far as uh, or understated the fact that your show is about education. Um, Most folks, I think, tuning in have figured that out over the last two years. Mm -hmm. Cody, you're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, sure, watching you catch fish is a bonus, but the education factor that you bring uh, week in and week out during the season that your show runs is just fantastic. So appreciate your effort, man.
3: Hey, Cody, where are they going to find your show at? What time slot and where?
2: uh, It'll be 6 p.m. on Friday and I believe 8 a.m.
4: on Saturday, Sunday. They re-air it several times throughout the weekend, and it'll be on Comcast Sportsnet.
2: Fantastic. Perfect. Always a pleasure, buddy. Glad to have you back on. Uh, Cody Herman, Day One Outdoors. Uh, you booking any trips coming up, or what do you got going?
4: Yeah, I'm going to be doing that June-July fishery above the Astoria Bridge. I'm really excited for that. And after that, man, we're getting right into Bowie 10.
2: Okay, so 503-960-9377, or check him out at Day One Outdoors. Book your trip with Cody, and uh, we'll be in touch, pal.
4: Thanks, gentlemen. Great talking to you. All right, have a great day. Thanks, Cody.
2: Hey, with that, uh, we have a Yakima Bait prize pack to give away. It's their special rundown sport Sportco and OE. Uh, buy three, get one free. Got a uh, bag of goodies here, including uh, stickers, uh, some kokanee lures. You get a hat and uh, a uh, limit, a fast limit uh, kokanee dodger. And just to add to the kokanee package, I even threw in a uh, little jar of Potsky's uh, fire corn and, of course, a Potsky sticker.
3: Sounds like a great pack.
2: Yeah, it's a good uh, starter kit for Kokadi. So uh, what are we going to take? Caller 5, steve Caller 5 at the break is going to get awarded that pack. I mailed the other two out here Wednesday. So you can message me tomorrow uh, if you want. But I can tell you the price packs probably are getting mailed out somewhere around Wednesday when I get caught up for my week. So they will get in the mail. You'll probably have them by Thursday or Friday. I know the winners last week are happy to have received theirs And uh, caller five at the break, and almost not even a single phone line left already. See how fast that works, Mike? Pretty impressive. All right, we're going to get out of here, and we come back. Mike, you are in the hot seat, my friend. Oh, boy. We're going to talk a little Puget Sound, Ling Cod, with Mike Ainsworth in studio here. First Light Guide Service, all that, and a whole lot more. Sports Radio 950 KJR.
1: Northwest Wild Country on Seattle's Sports Radio 950 KJR.
2: Sports Radio 950 K A J R. this is Northwest Wild Country, Dwayne England in studio with my good buddies Dill Stevens, Mike Gainsworth joining me today. Uh, a couple things happened in the old text line there, steve Yes, is area number one still opening Monday for Hatchery Chinook, Two Fish Daily, same as last year? Yeah, the, uh, the regulations on that are, I believe... Still, well, I don't want to say they're in limbo, but um, if I remember right, and I haven't gone back and read anything since this whole Puget Sound thing took off, but uh, our ocean fisheries, we do are in up with a season on our Chinook in our ocean, but uh, exact opening date, uh, that escapes me. I'm going to have to look it up. Go to wdfw.com uh, or uh, slash gov, and uh, they'll have all the updated information. I can tell you that our, our ocean fisheries this year for Chinook are limited windows Later opening dates, as far as I remember, and uh, we're not going to have as much uh, length of opportunity or season. So it may close down a little earlier than than would like, and we, based on numbers. We also had a text that uh, they just wanted a reminder of the uh, call-in number. It's uh, 206-286-9595, Pro- or uh-huh. the number that nobody remembers. Which one is that again? one eight hundred eight two nine zero nine five zero. 829 950 correct. Call in at 206-286-9595, and those numbers would be, um, it'd be nice to give those out when you're going to, like, tell people to call in to win a prize. Yeah. You know, that helps. Because we have another giveaway. Uh, We do, later in the show, second hour. Remember those numbers. Yeah. Who won the first pack? You get a winner?
0: Uh, Yes. His name is
2: Steve. Great name. Weird. It's not me, I swear. Uh Uh-huh. You called yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Awarded thyself. So, uh, okay, Steve, thanks for calling in. Uh, I will get that into the mail later this week. And we still have one other prize to give away. We also have the drawing for the um, uh, Fishing with the Wild Country Crew and Boat out on Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby. Really looking forward to that. Fishing up there has been really good. They got some nice-sized kokanee this year. Talked to Mark Spada last night again, and uh, we'll have him on later in the show. Uh, But before we delve into all that... We have some opportunity in Puget Sound, Mr. Ainsworth. Oh, we do. Um, Of course, you know, it's limited, but uh, we do have permits in place, and it's uh, perfectly legal to go after uh, lingcod. And some of the areas, you know, areas uh, 7 up there, San Juan, Friday Harbor, and whatnot, some guys are stroking out some pretty decent uh, lings up there. A little lower down here, a little more south of that, Puget Sound. uh, Give me some good insight as far as areas persons should be focusing on if they're going to put in some time on Puget Sound to chase some lingcod.
1: Well, a lot of people think you need to go up into the San Juans, to mm-hmm. catch you, which is, is obviously it's always good up there. Um, sure. Just like with any fishery, you, you focus on structure mm-hmm. with link especially those are very structure oriented
2: fish. Right. So
1: you go up into the San Juans, tons of
2: structure. Sure. They got a lot of, uh, a lot of rock formation, pinnacles and, and you know, I mean, link by nature, they're an ambush fish. So they're going to hide in those, those structure, those ledges, those rocks and wait for uh, bait to come by, and that's why it's so good up there, because there's a lot of structure, the currents and the way things flow up there in the tides, it pushes a lot of bait fish into them, right. they feed well. Um, you got to kind of seek that stuff out down here in the lower Puget Sound, don't yep. you?
1: you got to look for it. Um, if you can go out and buy maps, look at look at the, all the drops and look mm-hmm. at, looking for those rock formations, you right. know, um, using good electronics uh, to, to find that stuff, or... Look above water for your structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people forget that if it starts at the top, right. usually works its way down to the bottom.
2: Gotcha. So, Look at what's visible and kind of figure correct. out that's what's also going to be lying underneath yeah. it. But you made a good point on electronics. You know today's technology and bottom scan, structure scan. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. Um I'm real happy with the Garmin gear I'm running. That stuff is I can dial it in and I can, you know, I can see a, a buried fence post in the bottom of a lake for kind of loud. And when you get out there in the sound, it's no different. You set it to uh, adjust your gain and your depth and just kind of dial it in, you can really find some uh, some unique structures down there that you had no idea existed just by Correct. looking on a map.
3: Well, and way, with lingcod fishing, you should be able to dial in. You should be able to see the fish down there as well.
2: Sure. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but a lot of people, people like don't. Good point, good.
1: A lot of people don't have the big fancy boats. True. The yeah. electronics. So mm-hmm. just like when I started fishing Puget Sound back in the day, um, I talked about looking at structure above the water. Um, yeah. And working those rock piles, those jetties around all those marinas. Mm-hmm. Um, Edmonds. Great spot. Drops off into super deep water. Right. Um, Chilshul Bay is not as deep, but, again, you got the cover. And mm-hmm. lot, that's one of the other things about lingcod that people think you got to go deep, and that is not the case. It's not all. always the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got pictures of me catching them in 30 feet of water yeah. uh, on swim baits, 2-ounce swim baits. Uh, How about that? that is a blast. What's
2: about you? the deepest you'll go after lingcod?
1: Um Me, it depends on the technique I'm, I'm using, but mm-hmm. 80, hmm 100. Um, so
2: give me an example of a successful technique somebody can deploy, say, in 30-foot water versus 80 to 100-foot.
1: Yeah. So if I was doing the shallow water, I would be throwing swim baits mm-hmm. or um, big curl tail grubs uh, with, you know, one to two-ounce head, mm-hmm. casting it towards the rocks and letting it just swing swim right down to the bottom. An angle, uh, just slow retrieve back to the boat as it's working its way down. Sure, and you'll find those fish holding up in those pockets, uh, looking like you said to ambush the bait that's mm-hmm. that's swimming by. Mm-hmm. So you can
3: get by a fish in a fairly light rod. Yep. with what you're yep. doing,
1: I've caught them on you know just typical salmon gear, eight, mm-hmm. eight foot six, mm-hmm. and uh, probably you know twenty to thirty pound rated rod, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a blast because these guys when they hit, they're they're all in. <laughs> oh yeah, but, uh, oh
3: yeah. Any particular colors work better than mm-hmm. others?
1: I'm I'm a big fan of the white. And if it's not white, it's black.
2: Curly tail. Yeah. Get some flutter yeah. going.
3: The scampy's uh, another
2: favorite mm-hmm. of mine.
1: That, that double tail kicking down there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you're swimming along those rocks, you know, just if you feel bounce, just jerk it off a couple times and uh, see uh, see if you can ring that dinner bell. Because Have... they like that big that big noisy bait down there banging on the bottom. Oh, yeah. Um, so those are good for, for doing the shallow waters. Um, if I start going to the deeper water, you can still run those same baits. Just heavier heads mm-hmm, uh, bouncing mm-hmm. off the bottom, uh, creating a lot of commotion down there because they do like that. They'll they'll come in, investigate. Um, but the other one of my favorites is uh, Point Wilson dart,
3: mm-hmm.
1: white again. Uh, probably my go to. I've caught a lot of uh, lingcod in the Puget Sound on just that white Point Wilson dart.
3: Yeah, yeah. now uh, re- rigged with a treble hook or nope. take single. Treble hook off I, I
1: take I take it right off. Uh, they come usually with with them. Um, it's been a while since I bought any, but uh, mm-hmm. they used to sell like three packs with no hooks on them. What well, um, weight? I usually go six ounce for the size. Okay, um, and it gets you down quick, especially if you get some current going. Um, you know, we talked about spots. I've I've fished down underneath the narrows there in about a hundred feet of water, right near all the wreckage. And, yeah, and mm-hmm. got into a lot of really good uh, linkod there.
3: Now that that point, Wilson dart's not going to flutter an awful lot unless you bend it or yep. do something to it. What and, and what are you doing with it?
1: I just run it straight. I don't even. Do don't, you really? I don't put any bend in it mm-hmm. uh, because it seems to get uh, a few more tangles, mm-hmm. um, and then you just get you get to bang the bottom a lot quicker and easier uh, if it's not going side to side. Uh, just running it straight out of the package, and not to say that I haven't bent them, uh, mm-hmm. but if I do put a bend in them, it's very very slight,
2: one or two ounces. No,
1: I uh, usually bump it up. To, I usually go six. Oh, do you? Straight to six. Okay. Especially when you're doing Lincoln. Now, if you're doing salmon or something, you want that little. Yeah. 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 So a little lighter.
2: One that's what I'm accustomed head. to. It's, uh, well, I mean, and that's just, like you said, it's getting right down. Yep. Banging bottom, making noise, clutter, clamor, mm-hmm. you know, that draws their attention. Yep. And then they see that thing dart up and uh, instinctively. So you're mostly fishing out Edmonds. No, aren't you? Don't you put much of your time in around I, there?
1: I bounce around. Uh, yep. Possession is obviously a good spot. Yeah. Um, Run right up around the corner. Um, you know, just just kind of looking for that the area where you, you know there's there's going to be some structure. That's the problem with Puget Sound and a lot of those flats. Possession uh-huh. guys are all fishing, fishing live bait because right. they're covering water. They're looking yep. for those mm-hmm. little yep. pockets and trenches
2: and, and so spots they hide with uh, until we get a decision here, our opportunity on Puget Sound is limited. And if I'm a guy that's been kind of sitting on the wings going, yeah, you know, I'm a salmon fisherman, but doggone it, i got to get my boat on the water. I'm going to go give this lingcod thing a try. Give me top three areas for folks to get online and research that they want to go out and put some time in.
1: Uh, that's a good question. There's there's plenty of them out there. Um, best way is usually just go out with a guide. Um, they've got it all. That's, that's the biggest thing is going out. And Do you it happen all. to know one?
2: I don't. I don't know <laughs> any, any, um, You're out there running that brand new that, nice boat around. What size boat do you got now? It's a 30-footer. 30-footer. Yes, sir. What build is that?
1: That is an Allied. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a Their nice first, boat. 1st three 30-footer they've
2: uh, that the That's right. Boat? Oh, yeah, that's right. They, basically... they built in
1: BC? Uh, no, that's right in Bremerton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a branch off of uh, Defiance. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a very nice boat. Uh, really good. Really good. Yeah, very happy with it. I still, can't wait to get out of.
3: Are you? Uh, so you're running charters for your lings?
1: I I haven't done any this year, uh, being that it's a brand new boat. I'm still kind of just getting working, working of the bugs out. Yeah, with it and and but uh, I think next year is mm-hmm. definitely be some go time. Yeah, well
2: we got to get some practice time. So I'll uh, you know you got my number. <laughs> yeah, we'll and mine. Fish, so. i a been fish. In a new, long time. Perfect, uh, perfect man. All right, uh, Mike Ainsworth. Uh, appreciate the insight. Get out and get you some ling cod. I know I'm gonna get you on the phone and say hey let's go uh, let's go grab a let's couple go i got some things to do and Linkod's probably something i should stuff in the freezer so appreciate the insight man uh if folks want to get a hold of you if you got other stuff coming up yes uh, hopefully. Hopefully. hopefully we get that june one opener june you're going to be busy is, right yep that's, so that's give me a phone doing. number folks and call you or they can get you at www.firstlightguideservice.com and your phone number 206 perfect all righty, uh, we are already up against the start almost of hour two. We come back, it's going to be Kokanee Nation time. going to check in with Mark Spada, uh, kind of break down the Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby, uh, what it's all about. It's the seventh annual, by the way, and we'll be up there fishing it. Very excited, looking forward to that. Going to announce the winner. First, we've got to get through some information with uh, Spada. Now, if you haven't gone up there and fished it before and you're going to join us in the derby, Mark is going to get you dialed in here as far as what you need to know, and you got a week to get ready. Go out and buy this, go out and buy that. He's going to share all the secrets. He's going to share all the secrets. So we're going to really break it down for you to make you successful. Lake Stevens Kok-y- Kokanee Derby with Mark Speda. We get back right here Sports Radio 950 KGR.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the
1: bride and groom?